Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just, just watched The, the Prowler. It was 1945, the night of the graduation dance. The war overseas had just ended. The terror at home Roy. was about to begin. Roy? Come on, kid. Don't play hard to get at. What about New Year's Eve? Well, that was different. I couldn't help myself. If he wants you, he'll get you. Tonight, the terror begins again. They never found out who did it. But it had to be someone in town, someone who knew that she was called Rose. And Mark, that guy still might be around here. Oh, I don't believe this. You're talking about something that happened over 30 years ago. Whenever the time was right, he'd come back. The Prowler. If he wants you, he'll get you. Night after night, he waited for her. The power. If he gets you, you'll wish you were dead. Just when you catch your breath, it starts all over again. You may think you're safe, but you're dead wrong. The Prowler, coming soon. Kia, you picked this movie? Yes, I did. Tell us why. Um, I was watching... TV one night, and this was, I put it on this just to put it on the background, and um, there's a kill scene in it that I thought was really interesting, so I was like, oh, this would be fun to do for the podcast. Had you so. seen it before? Mm-mm. It was just like on TV, or? Mm-hmm. And I did, I watched a little bit of it that night, but I didn't finish it, because I, I figured I'll just wait to suggest this for the podcast, and then like watch it later. Um, cool. But I think it's one I had heard of before, but one that I had never seen, so... That's why I picked it. Should I give a synopsis of it? Let's hear it. So basically, it's about a World War II vet who whose girlfriend dumps him, and he gets really upset, so he kills some people. <laughs> basically, that's what happens. Yeah. And then it flashed it flash forward to the 80s, and he's still upset, so he kills some more people. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, but it, the... I was really shocked, you know, just hearing the title and knowing the era it was from, that this movie opens with, like, newsreel footage. Like, yeah. it's all, like, World 1940s, yeah, the boys are coming home, you know. <laughs> yeah, when it first started, I thought, I, is this a part of the movie? Or is this <laughs> yeah. a weird trailer before the movie? Or, but um, Yeah, so we're, we're giving a quick spiel about how so many young people came home from World War II and so many of them got Dear John letters. You know, so many were promised, uh, you know, marriage or whatnot. Or, the, you know, the girlfriends would wait for them. And then when they come back, of course, they moved on. And that happened to the titular character, the Prowler. And, yeah, he kills his girlfriend, Rosemary. 
back yes. in 1945. Something like that, yeah. And the end of World War II. Right. And uh, he does it in full regalia. He wears like his full World War II uniform to include the gas mask issue to him, right? Yeah, he's got some kind of like weird mesh thing over his face. Yeah. yeah. Like camouflage. Yeah. And uh, because of this, because this death happens, or this murder, double murder, happens at this dance uh, for this college, which I guess is an annual dance that they have every year at this college, um, a graduation party, um, it's canceled. Uh, the locals decide it's bad mojo to keep this going, so... Yeah, it's canceled indefinitely. Like, yes. they, like we're not doing this anymore. And then 30 years later, they decide to do it. And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I said no dances. I, said- <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting thinking that this guy was pretty, you know, without giving spoilers away yet, um, that this guy, the prowler, this killer, was pretty balanced for the next 35 years. No issues. Yeah. But then the that idea we know is, of. Yeah, that we know of. I mean, maybe there's a lot of Jane Doe's that he's responsible <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, maybe he kind of quietly kills couples John having Doe's. a good time every now and then. Um, but yeah, this, this dance sets it <laughs> off again. That's enough for him to just be like, you know what? Fuck these people. I'm going to kill people again. Um, Bring so. me back my rosemary! <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe the, the reason this is still um, kind of in the public consciousness, maybe, or whatever, is... Uh, Tom Savini did a lot of the makeup effects, or did the makeup effects for this movie. Yeah, uh, who he's very famous for uh, gore effects and everything. And these are probably some of his best, as far as his visceral, very realistic deaths. Yeah, uh, the one in the pool was the most like I was like, hmm. how did you do that? Like, hmm. yeah. Should we say? Should we say what it was? Or no? Yeah, let's describe some of the kills that, or what, what were the kills that stood out most to you guys? Obviously, well, that was <laughs> the biggest one. Was he? You know, he's in the pool and he comes up behind and he puts his, uh, he, he grabs a girl from behind and then takes his knife out and starts slowly slicing into <laughs> her neck. And it's just, I was like, wow, like, yeah. I know this is fake, but that looks really impressive. Yeah. Like, that looks very realistic. And then even when she's underwater, you see it, like, they must have had some kind of, like, pump mm. hidden. Yeah. It was pumping out blood and stuff. And, and, and a little bit of air was coming out of the actual wound versus her mouth, which I thought was really well done. Yeah. Like, I guess the actor, you know, held their breath while all this stuff was going on. Hmm. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen that kill the first time. The only kill that I had seen when it was on TV was the um, the very, the, I well, guess the second, technically, when it flashed forward to the 80s, the first kill there. And so that was... The kill that stood out to me and made me want to review it for the podcast was um, a kill of someone's boyfriend in like their dorm room, and he stuck like a knife. Was it, I don't I don't know if it was a bayonet because I thought bayonet, bayonets were like really long, but maybe it is. It was, it was pretty a, long. It was like really a long knife. Long. Yeah. yeah, and he sticks it into the top of the guy's head, and it goes through the bottom of his jaw, and it kind of just like lingers there for a while, and then it. You know, it shows his, the guy's eyes, and his eyes, I guess, have gone into the back of his head, so they're kind of white and bulging. And I was just really impressed by the kill, just because, I don't know, I guess I had never really seen something like that before, so I was like, oh, this would be fun to do for the podcast. That was pretty impressive. I'll also say that kill was kind of unexpected for me, because you see him come up from behind, and you think he's going to, like, stab him in the chest. He just <laughs> stabs him, like, directly down on the top of his head. Like, oh, you would whoa. think You would think he would just kill just ladies, because it was just a lady that dumped him. But, I mean, I guess she 
Yeah, so it's interesting that he just wants to kill everybody. Well, he also killed the guy that she left him Cheated for. him with. Cheated so on him with. That's true. He's so, like, these guys are taking my ladies. And so he's like stabbing people in the head. Yeah, and, and the original guy, I mean, we should, you know, uh, maybe reiterate that this opens in the 40s, right? And uh, the original couple that he kills, his ex-girlfriend, and this guy she's with is like the kind of... Uh, almost stereotype of the guy that stays at home, right? So all these other young people go off to war, and this guy stays at home. He's a rich guy, and he's very dismissive of the war heroes and everything. He's yeah. very like, ah, oh, he's just jealous because my dad has more money, like that whole thing, yeah. you know. Um, so you don't so, feel too bad when he dies. No, I mean, I, th- I think that's like one of the few characters you're, you're really, like, this guy kind of deserves what he's getting a little bit. I mean, maybe not brutally being killed, but I mean, yeah, you don't feel bad for him, whereas most everyone else in this movie is extremely innocent. They're, they're pretty yeah. much minding their own business, not bothering yeah. anyone. Um, they're not even like uh, Friday 13th style, like negligent counselors or anything. Like, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're just literally doing their own thing. They're <laughs> yeah, adults. Normal college <laughs> I think like the only one that you could even be like, I don't feel too bad is the girl who got her uh, throat sliced in the pool because she was being kind of shitty to everybody. Like she was trying to take that dude's boyfriend, and then yeah, yeah, she was the like, girl's boyfriend. Right. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. that progressive in yeah. 1981. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she's kind of like pushing people out of the way. And she, like her boyfriend's like so drunk he's throwing up. She's like, oh, "Well, you're done throwing up. I'm going to be outside in a pool." <laughs> um. I think another thing, fun thing, this is definitely in that era, the, the late 70s, early 80s, the thrillers and slasher movies, they had a whodunit kind of angle, I think. Like, yeah. Sleepaway Camp does, Friday 13th does. Um, they, they make you wonder, like, who was doing this killing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was kind of guessing all through the film, yeah. you know, there were several suspects, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know... At all, who who, who it was going to be in the in the get up and the prowler get up? Yeah, I was genuinely surprised when they revealed the killer. Yeah, are we? We're not going to say that. Well, let's 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 rewind just a little bit. Who are our main characters? I feel like we kind of glossed over uh, because we have the deputy uh, Mark, right? Who's kind of the Christopher Walken Dead Zone era, very skinny. Yeah. Uh, hair helmet. This does not look like real law enforcement at all. But is that like Kelso hairstyle? Yeah, yeah. that seventy show. But it actually ends up being. At first, I didn't like that guy. But as the movie progressed, I kind of grew grew to like him a little bit. Like I didn't really want him to get killed by the end. I have to admit. Um, yeah, when they when they when it, he was first introduced, he sort of seemed like a douchey kind of character because mm. he was kind of playing both sides with these two girls. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, as it, the movie progressed, he didn't seem so bad. And it's worth noting this town is really, really sleepy, uh, laid back, and apparently they literally have two law enforcement personnel. They have the sheriff and the deputy. No one else. No one else. So the sheriff is going out of town for a a fishing trip, and poor Mark is left alone with two years of experience to run the town as the sole law enforcement personnel. Um, And it just so happens when the sheriff goes out of town, now there's a serial killer on the loose. Right, shit hits the fan. That couldn't have happened before. And our main character is Pam, who is kind of a, like you noted, Jeff, kind of a final girl. Definitely really smart. She seems to be a journalist of some sort. She's written some articles about the town and why the, uh, the dance was called off back in the day. So she's kind of knowledgeable about what's going on. and. Uh, what certain motives might be for some of these deaths, that sort of thing. So she's got kind of like a PJ Souls look mm. from uh, Halloween. Yeah, 
And then everyone else is just kind of minor characters. They're almost like introduced to be red herrings or uh, just to be killed off by the killer himself, right? Yeah. But Major Chapman, for instance, right? Chatham, uh, played by Lawrence Tierney. Yeah, they should have taken care of Castro when they had the chance. Like we did in Guatemala in 53. I think we were all kind of anticipating was going to get to chew some scenery or, you know, have some fun scenes. But he literally is just sitting in a wheelchair <laughs> and yeah. doesn't do anything. He, I mean, he doesn't have a speaking part in this entire yeah. film, which is bizarre to me. He is third build in this movie, by the way. And no, doesn't say a word. His sole purpose in the movie is to slow down the final girl as she's uh, running out of the house at the beginning. He just grabs on. I mean, he is the (laughs) he's the father of the daughter that was killed. That was killed, and that dumped the 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 guy. So, and he definitely has kind of a weird motive to like not want this uh, dance to keep going, right? Like he he kind of seems to be the what do you call it? The old guard represents the old guard that does, that thinks it's almost blasphemous to, to start this dance back up. So I, I think in the back of my head, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe even though he's elderly and they keep saying he's a stroke victim, maybe it's a ruse. Maybe he yeah. is the one killing all these people and it, like, he's just acting really, but like, there's no way he would have fit in that uniform. though. That, <laughs> that guy was like much too thin. Tom Savini was actually the one playing uh, oh. the Prowler in the uniform the whole time. So not only did That's he cool. do the special effects, he got to kind of play the titular character. That's oh. cool. I think the only other uh, <laughs> kind of notable characters are uh, the guys that run the uh, convenience store, right? We have this older guy. I forgot his name. Yeah. But then he has like a clerk that he works with. I call Otto? Isn't that his name? I think there's an Otto. Um, I think it's him. Uh, and Otto seems to be kind of a, a little bit of a special needs sort of individual. Yeah. He's kind of odd and a little office rocker. And uh, the guy that owns this convenience store is like, I don't know why I keep this guy around. I don't know why I'm like protecting this guy, but he's my liability now. Um, so they're kind of introduced as kind of odd characters that I suspected throughout the film might have yeah. something to do with these killings also. Yeah, me too. It's almost like they're introduced to be red herrings so that mm. you would think, oh, it's going to be these two guys, but then... Yeah. And then there's a, there's a certain point in the movie where the convenience store guy comes back and he's like, I was hanging out yeah. out in the graveyard <laughs> and there was kids <laughs> hanging out there. You need to get, you know, it's like, what were you doing in the graveyard? Yeah. Like, a little suspicious. Um... Jeff, you mentioned, did we mention this on the podcast or uh, beforehand, that you saw similarities between this and Halloween? Yeah, it was when we were watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's around that same time, so it was just like a few years after Halloween came out, but, it, you know, that just, you know, slasher movie, guy going around killing yeah. young people. And uh, we get a lot of the POV of the killer, too, which I right. think is pretty famous in Halloween, something that kind and of... And also walking around the house in the dark. Like, yeah. That that was a big thing. I, I, I rewatched Halloween recently, and there's a there's a certain point where uh, Michael Myers is coming towards the house, and to hide from him, she turns all the lights off. And I was like, that's kind of the opposite of what I do. But you know, <laughs> each their own. But there was this. There were parts of this movie where I was like, why don't they just turn the lights on? Might make it a little easier to find. Yeah, the there were there was lots of frustrating stuff with the investigation aspect of this movie. That this deputy, this young deputy, knows that there's an active killer on the loose. And he doesn't want to call any help in because he wants to prove himself that he can handle any situation. Yeah. Because uh, I think everyone in town thinks he's kind of a joke. Uh, that's kind of – he's maybe a little too young and just a little too aloof to be a, a law enforcement professional. So he makes a lot of bad mistakes, right? Um, 
particularly not calling him help, I think. Because it, it takes yes. a long time for him to go, you know what, I need to call the sheriff. I need to yeah. call the sheriff. I need to call the state police. And then when he finally does call the sheriff, there's this really funny scene with the guy mm. at the desk. He doesn't, he doesn't give the guy at the desk any kind of sign that this is very urgent. He's not like, hey, there, people are getting killed. I really need to talk to the sheriff. He's just like, yeah, is the sheriff there? You know what he doesn't even is? say he doesn't even say the sheriff's he just says the sheriff's regular name. Yeah. He's like, you know, is Mr. London there? And you know, it's like, is this this kid guy's kid? You know, I don't want to wake this guy up and the clerk yeah. just blows him off. Any other observations before we go into the spoiler territory? Um no, I mean, it's not observation. I have like a criticism of it, but we can wait. Yeah. I just thought I just thought there was a lot of, a lot of parts that are really slow. It was a lot of watching people like walk around, yeah. and like when he calls the the hotel, that was very drawn out. Like the the hotel guy acts like he is walking to check the room to to see if the the sheriff is there, but he's really just sitting at his desk chewing tobacco and playing solitaire and the whole thing gets like played out and it just seemed like there were a lot of scenes that were more five minutes plus of just walking around and yeah it's kind of it took a while for other people to get killed i 100 percent agree i mean and, and i feel like the only explanation i can think of for that stuff is this is really low budget and they had had the runtime of this movie a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they, they're like, this, for this to be something shown in theaters, it has to be 70 minutes long. So yeah. we are like adding some fluff to this movie. And but they could have just killed more people. I, I, they had like a lot of friends. They had one pair of friends that didn't get killed at all. Yeah. And they tried to make the it. They were down in the basement. It seemed like, okay, they're going to be next. They didn't get killed. They could have just killed like. Everyone we, we, we came in contact with, they should have just killed one. Especially, I mean, I guess... In the, it's Major t- Chatham should have killed him. <laughs> There's a couple of scenes that go against the uh, the rules from Scream. Like, you know, if you have sex, you get killed. These people had sex and yeah. they were totally fine. And then yeah. That we just, know of. We just saw them making out. Maybe that's what saved them. Maybe. Maybe they just didn't get through the whole way. <laughs> There's also uh, the scene where the at the beginning where the cops, like, uh, the deputy... He's like, I'll be right back. And I was like, yep, yeah, no, you won't. You're going to be <laughs> killed off. But he, he, he made it through. Yeah. yeah, It's a real shame that, uh, you know, Tom Savini worked on this and he didn't get a few more opportunities to do exactly what Kia's talking about. That there were, yeah, there were some warm bodies that he could have yeah. taken out and he didn't get to. Maybe it was a budget. It said it only had an IMDb, a million dollar budget. So I guess mm-hmm. you would think in 81 that would go a longer yeah. way. Still pretty but, modest. So maybe, yeah. you know. Um, and, and maybe it was more shooting time versus like budgetary constraints with the special effects because I would think something that elaborate and that low budget that it would take all day to do one of those special effects scenes. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. the elaborate ones. So um, there was one small scene in the movie where I think it was where the the main uh, girl, the blonde mm-hmm. girl, where she laughs and I'm. From watching the scene, I was thinking that that looks like it was probably a mistake. Like she didn't, like it probably wasn't in the script that she laughed at the guy. Yeah. But they kept it in because I guess it worked. Because you know the part where they bring the boyfriend in and he's really drunk and he's he turned she turns him around he says something and she just goes um, <laughs> starts right laughing. yeah and I was like, yeah he's like book him Dano or yeah. something and she it looks like it's like a genuine laugh that's which, I, which I like I thought. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool that was another whole sequence when Pam and Mark uh, take the drunk friend from the party to the uh, police station or whatever to the holding cell 
That scene gets burned a lot of times. Yeah, yeah he's like the slowest part of the movie. Typing up his report, and this is after an announcement had been made. Like everyone's saying in the building, there's a problem on the loose, and he's like, I have to go type up this report for disorderly conduct. And it wasn't really disorderly conduct. He just wanted to go find his girlfriend. Yeah. But they wouldn't let him leave, so he got a little bit upset. So. I mean, and he was like sloppy drunk. Like they, he could have put him down for like public drunkenness or something. Just put him in the cell and just leave. It's like we gotta go. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really bizarre (laughs) sequence. And then like, yeah, what Pam even asked Mark, you know, what are you charging him with? And he's like, well, disorderly conduct. As he's typing, it's kind of like, wow, really? Like we're finding out all these weird details. We never see this in a movie. Like, yeah. And it seemed like they were setting it up that they were going to get attacked on the mm-hmm. way to the jail cell or something. And they're like, nothing happens. <laughs> it's just like this long period where like literally nothing happens. You know, and, and it's funny because that was an opportunity. They could have had a really scary moment where the Prowler just legit shows up at the police station and starts mm-hmm. fucking things up. Yeah. So I always think that's scary in, in movies. Like um, Terminator, I think, did that really well. Um you know, this idea that, like, a police station is somewhere where you're safe, and Terminator shows up and just, like, straight up kills everyone in the damn police station, you know, and it's terrifying. Uh, that could have been a fun sequence where it's, like, the Prowler is not scared to show up um, at the police station. Although, spoilers, why, you know, the yeah, Prowler, Prowler, Prowler may not have wanted to go to the police station for a very specific reason, right? So, Well, you would also think because of who the Prowler turns out to be... Yeah. He definitely would not have been afraid to go to the police station. He'd yeah, be like, point. who's going to hurt me? Yeah. Like, this, this <laughs> deputy guy? He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so, we are now going to officially jump into spoiler territory, all right? So, if you haven't seen this movie, um, I, I think we... Are we all going to recommend this? Is this like... Uh, uh, or Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a pretty fun slasher yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a fun slasher movie. I don't think any of us are raving about it, but it definitely has some really great kills in it. And some fun acting <laughs> and some just oddball sequences. So it's definitely worth checking a out. A trivia note on IMDb said that Tom Savini said it was his best work. So yeah. I guess if you're a Tom Savini fan, it'd be worth Yeah, he's most proud out. of this out of all the stuff this guy's done. He's mo- Oh, oh man, and the head explosion. All right. Oh, yeah. um, at the end, of, so the, well, this is spoiler territory, okay? But this has maybe one of the best head explosions I've seen in a very, very long time. It has to be top five head explosions, oh, right? Yeah. Spoiler, it's revealed that the old, good old sheriff is the killer. Yeah, um, the Prowler. And it's implied that he's probably the original Prowler, that he, he is really the guy back in the day yeah. uh, as a teenager that killed the original couple, Rosemary's killer. Yeah. And, Which is uh, interesting because another trivia note on IMDb said the original title of this movie was Rosemary's Killer. Yeah, we actually have a listener question about that. Really? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so R- Rosemary's Killer is the sheriff. And uh, this poor Sheriff George Frazier, he, he ended up uh, going crazy all over again when he found out this dance was going to happen. <laughs> so apparently he went around killing everyone. But he, it's very premeditated because he told everyone, listen, I'm going on a fishing trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can call me if you need me, but I think you got it, buddy. And he leaves and knowing, ha, 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 I'm going to kill a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and like that kind of made me have a pet theory, by the way, that he hired Mark knowing Mark is a piece of shit. But, I mean, if he, (laughs) you said he'd been working there for two years. Two years. So maybe he didn't. He didn't know they were going to have a dance again. Mm. Could be. But maybe he decided, I can go out of town because they're having the dance again, knowing that this Mm. guy is in that. Maybe he hired him thinking, I can train him and he'll be better. Well, and it's kind of funny looking back on it because he even tells Mark, 
hey, you've been here two years. You can handle anything that this, this town throws at you. He says that as he leaves, and you, you think, like, <laughs> like, looking back on it, it's kind of funny. Maybe he wasn't yeah. killing people to get revenge. Maybe he was trying to train the deputy. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Now Mark is, like, you know, we're 30 year, plus years later. He's probably chief of police, the state police. Like, he's probably a very well-to-do man, thanks would, to Sheriff George Frazier. Yeah. It would be funny if, like, when his mask gets pulled off, uh, the deputy comes in from behind, and he's like, Sheriff! And he comes in like, this is a test, and guess what? You passed the test! <laughs> like, yeah. Or, like you were saying during the movie, the mask comes off and the... Because when the mask comes off, he's struggling with the blonde girl. Uh-huh. Like, I think it, I think it was you that said when the mask came off, she should have been like, Sheriff, we've been trying to get in touch yeah. with you. There's a prowler on the loose. <laughs> they got it, too. They're okay. not going to believe what's been going on. There's somebody going around <laughs> killing people. I mean, I have to say, like, after such a slow buildup and frustrating buildup, I mean, because that whole ending sequence I thought was kind of frustrating when they're in the house and, you know, the prowler's, like, looking for Pam and he's just, you know, throwing stuff off the furniture, trying to look yeah. for her and... This is very long and drawn out. It goes into full speed when the clerk Otto shows up to save Pam from the Prowler. He shoots, <laughs> he shoots the Prowler. The Prowler falls over apparently dead. And Pam stands up and looks at Otto. Otto looks at her. Pam, and this goes back and forth and they're both smiling at each other. It's like this romantic music and it's like, yeah. are they like falling for each other? It's I'm, really I, weird. I think the, the music was supposed to imply, hey, the danger is over. You can celebrate now as an audience. Otto wasn't some weird creep. He was a good guy and he was just trying to help people. Because there's an earlier sequence where Otto was just like stumbling around in the dark and uh, comes across Pam and she gets scared of him. And she's yeah. like, oh my God, this guy is just out in the cemetery. But in reality, I guess he was trying to help out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, they have this like long glance at each other where he's got like this bashful, like, sweet look on his yeah. face, and she's sort of like, oh, hi. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were joking in the moment. Like, is this going to jump cut to them getting married? Because yeah. they, they just seem to have this real shared, you know, like, wow. She's just making out with yeah. like, what? Um, but then the Prowler, uh, of course, jumps back up, kills poor Otto, just blatantly shoots yeah. him dead. Um, and the quickest death in the movie, by the way. Um, and uh, Pam starts struggling with the prowler, takes off his mask, it's the sheriff. Um, and that leads to a struggle, a very long, prolonged struggle. It's like a double barrel shotgun, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends up right under his throat, and then mm. she pulls the trigger. And then his head and explodes. His head explodes. <laughs> I mean, there's no. Like, just viscera and syrupy blood, just, you know, just... Wow. It's like scanner style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. And it's one of those things where it's like, why aren't there more head explosions? A couple more trivia notes that sure. I thought was interesting, and I'm just stealing these from IMDb. Mm-hmm. It says um, that the movie was re-released in theaters, in a handful of theaters in North and South Carolina in, in the spring of 1984 as Pitchfork Massacre, which is interesting because there's mm-hmm. only one Pitchfork kill, right? There's only two. Uh, yeah, two. Two, but it definitely is not enough to be called Pitchfork Massacre. Yeah, and then she, but she stabs him with the pitchfork at one point too. The the girl with the blonde hair. Yeah, I guess. I, I think they're they were probably <laughs> playing with the idea of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? So they were trying to kind of maybe capitalize on that a little bit, hmm. you know, having the weapon and the massacre yeah. title. Another thing, there's a few other trivia, but the other one I think is really interesting. It says the cemetery scenes were shot at an actual cemetery on Halloween night of 1980. Ooh. The open grave used in the film was an actual open grave in the cemetery that was awaiting a funeral. Damn. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. I wonder if the family knew. They go for the funeral and they have no idea. 
which has happened. They watched the movie before. like, that's my grandfather's grave. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you guys were shooting a movie in my grandfather's grave the day before the I mean, it has a great head explosion, but still. Um, wow, anything else? Any other jumped out at you there? Um, Those are good ones. There's one it says on the audio commentary for the DVD, the director, Joseph Zito, said that he hated the props used for Rosemary's photo album and gravestone so much that he was apprehensive about even allowing the film to be released on DVD. He says he always felt the props were painfully fake-looking and avoided coverage on them as much as possible while shooting. Hmm. Nothing really stood out to me as being painfully fake, so I didn't, nah. I didn't really notice anything. It, you know, the side note, like, I thought the opening sequence that took place in the 40s was really well done. They had, like, yeah. uh, vehicles from the era, and everyone looked, like, appropriately At first, I and, thought, because I really didn't remember when I came across it the first time, I thought the whole thing was going to take place in the 40s, and I thought, oh, that's going to be cool, because I don't know if that's... There's a modern horror movie that takes place in the 40s. Yeah, that's a great idea. But they didn't. They they updated it. That'd be badass. Yeah, they should do that. That would be really cool. And I think it's interesting that the 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 killer is a World War II vet because that's usually you know the greatest generation. Yeah. Whatever. But he was like, "Fuck it, (laughs) he's going to be a villain." Well, it's funny too because I always, in my mind's eye, being our generation, I think of World War II vets. As being kind of decrepit and older and, you know, not able to do this stuff. But 1980, that's totally, I mean, he'd I'm been a totally teenager. able to. Yeah, he totally could have done all that stuff. So, so uh, I opened this up to um, listeners to uh, chime in with questions. Uh, we got two from uh, our friend Sunny Black at Honey Rider 77. Uh, why the name change? Rosemary's Killer versus The Prowler. Um, so yeah, why, why, you know, I, I assume during production it was going to be called Rosemary's Killer and they eventually changed it. Yeah. Uh, why do you guys think that was, if you had to speculate on it? Because he kills more than one person. That's, that's, <laughs> my, yeah, that's my guess, anyway. Like, I don't know. Hmm. They, they literally say the Prowler several times when yeah. they're telling the, you know, the assembled people at the dance, hey, there's a Prowler out. You know, be careful. They say that a few times, so maybe they thought in editing yeah. that's actually a catchier name for kids. It, you know, yeah. Rosemary's Killer sounds a little like a um, sounds like a novel your aunt would be reading a little well, bit. I was going to say yeah. maybe they want it to appeal to younger people because I feel like Rosemary's Baby, the target audience probably wasn't a bunch of teenagers, mm. just because it seems a little bit more highbrow. Yeah. So maybe they're maybe they didn't want to do that. Maybe they wanted to to say. You know, the Prowler. That sounds a little bit more. And maybe they didn't want it associated with Rosemary's Baby. As simple, simple as that. Too. That too. Yeah. And Rosemary's Killer sounds like it. Like it could be a lifetime movie. Like someone killed mm. Rosemary. We're going to spend the next two hours trying to figure out who did it. Right. But the Prowler sounds like it sounds scary, and it sounds Rosemary's Killer is personal. Where the Prowler sounds like that could, you know, scare anyone. Like you know, mm-hmm. if you told me Rosemary's Rosemary Rosemary's Killer is walking around, I'd be like, oh. All right. Well, I hope they catch him because he killed Rosemary. But if, <laughs> but if you say a prowl- danger. if you say a prowler is walking around, then it's like, oh, that could he could come for any of us. I guess Rosemary was cool. I hope they catch the guy who did it. That's funny. My grandma knew her. Um, so the next question, also from Sunny Black, is: uh, Will there ever be a reboot? Is this one that could be remade or rebooted for a new generation? It totally could be. I guess they could do like Vietnam vet. Or, uh, it'd be interesting to yeah. update it, yeah. Or even the at this Gulf point, War vet. I was about to say, it yeah. had to be a Gulf War vet. Yeah. Uh, Vietnam era guy would be in his 70s, by now. He'd be like my dad's age. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
You know what would be interesting is what Keo was talking about, though, is if they literally remade it, or not remade it, but just took the basic concept and made it set in the 40s. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be awesome. Like just yeah. to have a killer, you know, and like uh, Akira was saying, like the Greatest Generation, right? Like uh, that be the titular killer as this, you know, World War II guy. And yeah, it seems like there are no horror movies that are it, that I know of modern horror movies where it seems like it, it takes place in like the forties or the thirties. It's either like the eighteen hundreds and it's some haunted house, yeah. or it's modern time. I think I feel like Ghost Ship might. No, because, yeah, I'm trying to remember if Ghost Ship kind of take place in the 40s. I'm not really sure. But most of them don't. So I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it is an interesting thing that, like, most horror movies are kind of set in the era that they come out. Like, it's pretty rare that they become period pieces. And, like, unless what Kia's saying, they're a haunted house movie. And then they're a Victorian era for some reason. Yeah. They're always, like, yeah. you know, set in gothic yeah. and automatically yeah. scary, I guess. <laughs> Which, if it takes place in any time before, it's just to set up the story. Exactly, yeah. Which is what happened with yeah. The Prowler. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think they could totally remake it. And they could probably call it The Prowler. Even though I don't like remakes, I don't feel like the movie is that super well-known amongst the general population yeah. that they would make the connection. And I've heard a lot of people argue that if you're going to remake something, remake something that was imperfect and try to improve on it instead right. of making remaking something that we all love and it's yeah. going to obviously suck. Like, don't remake to... Nightmare on Elm Street, which you right. already did and it sucked. Right. Remake The Prowler and yeah. call it... Don't call it The Prowler. Just call it Prowler. Ooh. I like that even better. Ooh. I think there's another movie called Prowler. Hmm. But so it. Um, on the prowl. Or <laughs> <laughs> just go back to Rosemary's Killer. Hmm. Prowler 2 on the prowl. <laughs> still on the prowl. Still, still prowling. <laughs> <laughs> he survived the head explosion somehow. It's the same guy. <laughs> Maybe he had a son. Right, there you go. He have like, uh, a pumpkin head to like, do the headless horseman's head. That would be kind of cool. Oh, man, they pull off the mask. And there's nothing there. Oh, oh, that would be, be pretty awesome. badass. Yeah, yeah. And then it, then it flashes back to the head explosion. Like, it's the same guy! Like, and he's like, you can't kill me. I'm a gold. Oh, that'd be great. Um, so thank you for the questions, uh, thank you. Sunny. Uh, we are at HA Horrorcast. If you guys ever want to follow us to catch when we're going to record and ask us some questions. Um so I guess that's got it. Do you guys want to give it a letter grade real quick? Sure. Just to, uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes grade. it up. Oh, by the way, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 60%. So it's certified fresh, but not Barely that fresh. By. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it was left out one more day, you couldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I give it like a B minus, C plus, somewhere around there. It's, you know, it's, it's fine. I, I was going to give it a B minus just because there are a lot of those prolonged scenes yeah i think you guys are spot on i think this is a very solid b um but for the kills alone i think it's worth checking out and to watch it with friends i thought it was a lot of fun i thought we yeah. had some fun asides and it, it was yeah. a good home theater experience mm-hmm. i'm jeff i'm kia and i'm craig and, and we, we just, just reviewed the prowler Once again for...
Kia, what's going to be the movie today? The movie is Army of Darkness. Oh. 1994. I don't know. Is that where it's from? Okay. That was it. Oh, cool. What does Ash tell everyone his shotgun is called? Craig! Oh. That was a tie. Hmm. Craig was louder, though. Craig. <laughs> My boomstick! <laughs> Correct. Ash guesses that he has landed in what year? Multiple choice? I'll need choices, please. Damn it. 800 AD, 500 AD, 1300 AD, 1600 AD. Craig. Jeff. Craig. B. 500 AD? Yes. Wrong. D. 1600 yeah. AD? <laughs> Wrong. The answer is 1300 AD. I guess it is medieval. Yeah. What company does Ash say his boomstick... Craig! Damn, cop, y'all stop saying it at the same time. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> on the count of three. Hold on. What company does Ash... Jeff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shot smart. Shot less smart. I'm no, wrong. What? No, we go. Hold on. Say, say again. What's what the question? does Ash say his boomstick is manufactured oh, by, oh, even yeah. though it's really not? Craig. Craig. Is it Remington? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a Remington 12 gauge double barrel shotgun. <laughs> oh! What does Ash. Don't forget to give me my point. Oh. oh yeah. Have you been keeping up? Yes. What does, Relax, people. What, no. What does Ash teach the men in the castle to fight with? Craig. Craig. Uh, is it uh, Spears? Correct. <clears throat> Next question. What is Ash given so he can return to his own time? Craig. Wow, Craig. This is a massacre. <laughs> it's just like a potion, right? Correct. After the army of darkness awakens, how many of Lord Arthur's men are left to defend the castle? Multiple choice. Yes. 60, 100, 12, or 25? Craig. Craig. D, 25. Wrong. A. 60. Correct. Boom. One for Jeff. See you. You're all like prowling. Which, which of these is not one of the words that Ash must recite when he finds the Necronomicon? We have to have the yeah. yeah. Lumbo, Barada, Nikto, Klaatu. Jeff. Craig. Jeff. A. Lumbo. Correct. <sighs> what department does Ash work in Jeff. at mm. S? Jeff. He works in the snow. I was going to say sporting goods. That's not what it is. He works in housewares? Hmm. Correct. Sporting goods is a nice. Oh. The score right now is eight to five, Craig. What book does Ash get from the truck? Craig. Wow. Go. Chemistry. Can you be more specific? College level chemistry. Well. Chemistry 101. Correct. When Ash returns to the future... I didn't even know. What was the question? (laughs) What textbook does he get from the trunk of his car? Yeah, when he mixes gunpowder and all that stuff. When Ash returns to the future, he claims that the people of medieval England were going to do what for him if he had stayed? Craig. Craig. Make him their king. Did you watch this movie like 
I watched it 500,000 times, age 13. <laughs> Which is not something Ash says when he's trying to remember the last word in Klaatu Barada Nikto, so he can retrieve the Necronomicon. Let me so, repeat yeah, that again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Say it again. Which is not something Ash says when he's trying to remember the last word in Klaatu Barada Nikto, so he can retrieve the Necronomicon. I guess we have to hear them, right? Yeah. Neptune, nickel, noodle, necktie. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Nickel? Oh, I also noodle. Wrong. The answer is Neptune. <laughs> Stumped us. What is Ash putting price stickers on at S-Mart when he returns to his time? Craig. Craig? Tampons. That is not an option. <laughs> I would like the options, please. Damn it. Coffee makers, grills, blenders, or toasters? Coffee makers? Wrong. The correct answer is toasters. Sorry, guys. Can we have another score check, please? It is still... No, wait. It's 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... Oh, it's 10 to 5. Okay. Correct. How does the old wise man describe the graveyard? These are in quotes. How does the old wise man describe the graveyard? I don't remember. Options? Yes. Options? A dark and evil place, cursed land, unhallowed ground, and unholy place. Jeff? Jeff. Dark and evil place? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> uh, I'll say a cursed land. Wrong. An unholy place. When Ash finds the Necronomicon, he expected there to be just one book, but finds how many books? Craig, Jeff. Craig. Certainly three. Correct. What do the people of medieval England all refer to Ash as? Um. Multiple choice. I, I, I know part of it. I'm trying to remember, like... Yeah, go ahead. Craig. The, oh, Craig. The chosen one? That's not an option. <laughs> <laughs> the, now these... Okay, go ahead. The savior, the promised one, the future knight, mm. the hero that fell. The promised one? Correct. Correct. What does Ash say to Arthur right before he punches him in the face? And the answers are in quotes. What does Ash say to Arthur right before he punches him in the face? Jeff? Jeff. Your shoes are untied? Correct. <laughs> what does the old wise man throw down to Ash in the pit Craig. to help him? Craig. His chainsaw. Correct. After Sheila's captured by the deadites, what does evil Ash say to her when she's thrown at his feet? Craig. Craig. Give me some sugar, baby. Correct. That's an exact quote. What song does Ash sing when he tries to step on the little mini ashes? Craig. Craig. London Bridge is falling down. What is the name of Ash's girlfriend seen in the opening flashback montage? Craig. Craig. Is it Linda? It's a massacre. <laughs> <laughs> How is Sheila captured by the Deadites? Uh, with their hands? 
Oh, I was just a joke answer, by the way. Oh, okay. I don't know. Options? Yes. A deadite crawls out of the castle's pit and kidnaps her. Evil Ash tricks her into coming out of the castle. She sneaks into the forest after Ash and gets caught. A flying deadite swoops. It's the flying one. The flying one. Correct. Well, hold on. What's the score? Does, oh. <laughs> 22 to 8. <laughs> How about this next one is worth enough for you to win? What is a Necronomicon bound in? Craig. Je- oh, crap. Human flesh. <laughs> Correct. So that is the end of the game. Uh- 24 to 8. <laughs> Craig is the winner. I know a little something about the Army of Darkness. Apparently. <laughs> I thought I thought it would be a little... I thought it would be, be closer. So, sorry. I could have picked a different well, movie. The, it was still close because we were saying our names at the exact same time. A lot this of is times, true. Because so. uh, I was the squeakier will. That's right. <laughs> so I got all that grease. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, every time we get together to discuss a movie, we also talk about what's making us scared, which is just a brief segment about something in the horror community that we're excited about. Yes. Kia, would you like to start us off? Sure. My pick is going to be, it's it's a book that I'm hoping will be made into a TV show or a movie, and that is called, um... My Best Friend's Exorcism by an author named Grady Hendrix. And he wrote another book that I read called Horror Store. And another book that I have that I haven't read called Satan Loves You. Um, And then he did a book called Paperbacks from Hell where he talks about paperbacks from the 70s. Yes, 70s, 80s, into the 90s. And um, and this book, My My Best Friend's Exorcism, which was described as kind of being a cross between The Exorcist and Heathers. And um, it takes place in the 80s. And this girl's best friend gets possessed, basically. And it's a lot of fun. I think all the chapter titles, if I remember, were named after 80s songs. Um, It was just a really fun book. I read it, and I recommended it to Craig, and he read it, and he really liked it. Mm. Um, Or, no, he read it first, I think, and then I read it. But on IMDb, I think it it says that it's in production for either TV or movie. I'm not really sure. I hope it gets made, because I think it would be really great, especially if if they keep it in the 80s. Just because it was, it was a lot of fun. So so I would recommend, you know, to check that out. My Best Friend's Exorcism. Yeah, I really love that book. I thought it was, like, like it's one of those things you read and you, like, get excited about it. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. idea of other people discovering it. And then, yeah, a movie getting made from it someday. It's, it's a really cool source cool. material. And they had a really cool paperback re-release or paperback release of the book where it looks like an 80s VHS cover. Mm-hmm. Um which is really cool too. Oh, so. I think you showed me that. I think it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's my best friend's exorcism. <laughs> you stuff be mine. Jeff, you want to give us? Um, yeah, I'm going to Monster Palooza again in a couple of weeks in Pasadena. Nice. Little old lady from Pasadena. <laughs> it's the it, little. <laughs> is there anything in particular you're looking forward to seeing at Monster Palooza? Um, let me think here. Who's going to be it? Well, <laughs> our old pal Danielle Harris is going to be there. From, Kia uh, knows her quite well. Oh, yeah. We go way back. No, we don't. <laughs> I just met her once. <laughs> so, uh, if you listen to the 
Gary Indiana episodes we did, we bring her up pretty much every single episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the, probably the most infamous uh, episode, so it's yeah. kind of hard not to bring her up a lot. Yeah, and she's a like a childhood crush of mine. Mm-hmm. I say childhood, more like adolescent crush. At what point did you have a crush on her in childhood? Uh, like 12, 13. Like, what had you seen her in then? Was it? Uh, Erie, Indiana. That was just and it. Like, I think she was on, like, Boy Meets World and a few other, like, those, like, shows. I liked her. I thought she was, when I was younger, I thought she was really cool. And I was like, I want to be like her because she just seemed really cool. Yeah. And that was after I saw her in The Last Boy Scout and oh, yeah. um, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In The Last Boy Scout, I think she was cussing. So I was like, I want to be just like her. <laughs> she says cuss words. <laughs> now she's got a big tattoo that goes from, like, her leg up to really? her shoulder. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, I follow her on Instagram. She's she's a fun one to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of anybody else in particular is going to be there that maybe wasn't there last year. But I think when I looked on the site, it's mostly the same mm. stuff I saw last year. But uh, that I think his name is Mike Hill. He's one of the artists. He did like the full size replicas of like the uh, Bride of Frankenstein and Wolfman and stuff. And uh, he always had something really awesome. To see, so I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing if he did anything cool this year. Nice. Well, the video you made last year was really awesome. It was. It looks like a really yeah. fun experience. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, if I do a video this year, I'll, it'll be shorter. I probably won't cover every single thing I see. I'll probably just more highlights. Do, yeah, mo- just like here's the best of because yeah. the one last year it. It's like a forty-minute video or something. Yeah. It's really long. Which, but. which, it's amazing though. Like, because even though it's a long video, that's easily the most popular video on yeah. Half Ass Forecast YouTube channel. People like really like that one. So, yeah, I'd, it's one that I I go back and look at every once yeah. in a while too. And um, it's really good coverage. Mm. Yeah, the particularly the museum at uh, Monster Palooza is usually got the best stuff in it. Mm. That's kind of where they put all the best of the best. Although last year that somebody did a full size replica of Quint from Jaws, yeah, and somehow mm-hmm. I completely missed it. Like I, I saw it in other people's people's pictures and videos afterward, and I was like, "How did I not see that?" Did you just think it was like an old man just standing on? <laughs> he just walked past it. He's just, Get out the whale! <laughs> I'm here to see monsters, not old men. <laughs> What's this guy doing? Doesn't he know this is where they're supposed to put all the sculptures? So my uh, my, I have a really quick one. It's. Uh, you know, I, I, in past uh, episodes, I have uh, kind of highlighted people that I've discovered online. Uh, uh, Dr. Drew Drew was one of them, or Dr. Mm-hmm. Drew, rather, yeah. uh, our friend Andrew, with his YouTube channel. Another one is Ashley Blackwell, um, and uh, she writes a lot about uh, horror, especially from uh, a black woman's perspective. Um, but recently she has gotten a lot of attention. Uh, these things are really going her way recently. And it's been awesome to watch her go from just someone I kind of aware of on Twitter with her own blog that I like to now she had a sci-fi channel did a feature on her where they, they profiled her. And it's like one of those things that airs in between like segments, Uh you know, like uh, commercials and stuff like that. And on their website, and it's really well done. Um, and uh, you may have heard, uh, and I might be mispronouncing this, so you guys might have to correct me. Fangoria, the magazine, sounds right. Yeah, like it's coming back. It got it got uh, oh, awesome. jettisoned uh, a couple years ago because uh-huh. the print is dead. But uh, someone bought the trademark and they're redoing it, and they brought back a lot of the old school people that used to work on it in the eighties and nineties and beyond. And they've gotten some new people to include Ashley Blackwell. So she is now going to be a contributor to like one of the hallmark. 
like horror magazines around or whatever. So it's, awesome. just, it's just really cool just yeah. to see someone like you know works really hard like actually make it. And she kind of pointed out like on her Twitter that she's kind of a late bloomer too. So it's kind of a she's roughly our age, maybe a hair younger. Um, so it's just kind of cool to see someone like make it and legit do it. Like she's not posting pictures of herself drinking pumpkin lattes and everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. she legit works and like writes yeah. really good work and got recognized for it. So um, congrats, Ashley. We're rooting for you. there to our listeners uh, and followers on Twitter. I said, uh, hey, hey, I get to pick the next movie to discuss uh, for Half-Ass Horrorcast. I'm thinking creature sequels. Help me pick. The options were Critters 4, King Kong Lives, Ghoulies Go to College, Jaws the Revenge. Jeff, what do you think they picked? I think I already know. Ghoulies Go to College? Yeah, what do you think? I think it's Ghoulies Go to College. You guys are correct. Yay! It have is, you seen it? Nope. Okay, good. Um, it is streaming on Amazon Prime, so if you have access to Amazon Prime, you can join us. Uh, we are doing Ghoulies Go to College. I got 36% of the Did votes. Did we do Ghoulies for um, the second nope. one for the podcast? Mm-mm. Have you seen the second Ghoulies? I've never seen the first Ghoulies. Oh, the second one is the best one. That's the one where they go to the fun house. Yeah. I had it, so we, um, I can... We could maybe do a, a little it's Ghoulies good. episode, but the main movie we're going to talk about is Ghoulies Go to College. Um, streaming on Amazon Prime and uh, the third installment in the Ghoulies saga. So join us next time, won't you? Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast. And you can send us an email at halfastforecast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfastforecast.com.